we'll just go ahead and get started. I've been talking about the last few weeks about knowing God. And Caleb says that I'm just snoopy. He thinks I'm really snoopy. I say, I just like to know what's going on around me. I just like to be aware of what's happening. I hate suspense. Yesterday, Mike texted that Mike had shot a hog, but they couldn't find it. So those two hours while I was waiting, I I hated that. I wanted to know that they found it, that they had it. You know, things like that bug me. And then our kitchen, our sink has a window over it, and it looks out right into all the neighborhood. So I'm there. So I see what's going on. I like to know what's going on in the neighborhood. I like to read the paper and the news. I like to know what's going on in the community. I like to know what's going on in the world. So I pay attention. I try to be attentive and watch these things. I don't think I'm snoopy. I just like to know what's going on. But I like to know, you know, and I've said Micah doesn't like me talking about politics. And, you know, it isn't so much me with the politics. It interests me. But the thing that interests me about politics is usually what's going on is just in politics is a symptom of what's going on in the church world spiritually. Because the last eight years, we've been kind of in a dormant spiritual period. There just hasn't been a lot. And and people, you know, and a few years ago, I did a, a message on ebb and flow, that we go through seasons in our life where there's ebb and there's flow. And there's ebb and, there, and it's likened to the waves at the ocean. You know, they come back and they come in. And the seasons and timings of God are the same way. There's ebbs and flows. There's pulling back and there's going forward. And at that time, we were in a real ebb period spiritually, I think. And But I believe that right now that we're just starting to hit that flow. And I talked, you know, last week about Duck Dynasty and, and moves of God. And I think those are things are just trickles. We're just starting to see trickles. I think the night to shine, the Tim Tebow thing, is, is a move that's starting to happen. It's starting to be a flow of God. And you're seeing it a little bit here and a little bit there. And I believe, you know, God wants to reach people that haven't been reached. And God's going to do some things, and they're going to be different you know, who would have ever believed five years ago what we would have been doing with the Night to Shine thing? I wouldn't have even envisioned it and imagined it. But, oh, my gosh, it's been, it's so good. And I, I believe those things are starting to happen. So, I, like I said, I always like to know what's going on. And last week I mentioned that, you know, that things that happen politically are just kind of a sign or a, symptom of what's going on spiritually. Well, this week we got Mike Keyes' newsletter in the mail. Does anybody else get that? A few people? We got Mike Keyes' newsletter in the mail, and I thought it was interesting because he says, um, I'm just going to read little bits of it. He says, as we start the new year in 2017, I'm sensing a great move of God coming to America and the world in the immediate days ahead. To that end, the Lord wants me to share the prophecy he used me to deliver on October 16, 2016, while speaking for a Word of Faith church in Appomattox, Virginia. 
Keep in mind, this prophecy was delivered just a few weeks before November 8th, the presidential election. I've included a copy of this prophecy, and I'm going to read it to you. It's not very long. Uh, just to refresh you what he was saying, he, this was a prophecy delivered, and he says, Don't be discouraged about the election that is coming up, saith the Lord. I will simply say to you that big surprises are coming. Big surprises are coming to this country. And I have my hand upon America. I will not withdraw it. For my people pray and they intercede and they stand in the gap. Don't be worried about the future. Much needs to be accomplished and I will use this country in greater ways. Surprises, surprises, surprises are on the horizon and it will be good for my spirit shall prevail. No matter what is done to shut down my word, my word cannot be imprisoned. My word cannot be stopped. And as far as the east is from the west and the north and the south, people will know and there will be a revival that will sweep this country in ways never seen before. And this is a great time to represent me. Keep your eyes up, keep your head lifted up and eyes on the horizon where your redemption draws near, saith the Lord. And he goes on in this newsletter and says... Um, A few days later, after giving this prophecy, I was meditating upon what the, he had used me to say, and he gave me further information regarding the importance of this utterance. The Lord told me that it wasn't just what he had said through me that was important, but where I was when I said it. If you know American history, you know that the Civil War came to an official end right here in this small town, the Appomattox courthouse although there were still pockets of fighting here and there for the next few months for all practical purposes this was an end to the costliest war in american history he goes on to say he says i want to emphasize the fact that the lord said a spiritual healing is coming to america which would begin after november after the november 8th election it is not a secular healing this is what we've got to understand what happens in the natural may be a result of what's happening in the spiritual, but we can't always just look at the natural and, and just take it for what it is. There will always be demonic opposition to anyone that God anoints to lead America, so don't be surprised when you see it. Satan is not going to go away and cry. He will use whomever he can to obstruct, hinder, and prevent God's plan for America's spiritual revival. You see, the battle for America's future is a spiritual battle, not a secular battle. But we see a battle going on in the natural because of the spiritual battle that's going on. God wants to use this nation. God wants to move in this nation. Satan doesn't want it to happen. So there's always a conflict, and these things spring up naturally. Second Chronicles 7.14 plainly says that God doesn't need unbelievers to turn him to restore our land. He only needs Christians to do so. God needs America to return to its Christian heritage, and Satan wants to see that heritage destroyed in a sea of hedonism and sin. Why? Because of the Great Commission of Mark 16, it's not about politics, but about God's kingdom prevailing over Satan's kingdom. The fight is for the eternal souls of men, not about which political party prevails in our country. I urge you to see things from that perspective. So that's really what we've been talking about the last few weeks. We need to know God. 
so that we understand what God's doing, what's going on around us, and where we belong in the whole thing. We must, need, we must learn to see things from a spiritual pr- perspective. We need to take time and effort to get to know God because he will help us see things from the spiritual perspective. When we know God, then we know God's perspective on things. So that was a, del- a prophecy that Mike Keyes had delivered. And I wanted, this is just kind of a little sidetrack. But when you see more and more going on spiritually, which was what we're seeing, we're just seeing so much, all of a sudden everything has sped up. Satan will always provide a counterfeit. And that's why we've got to be on our toes. We must be able to recognize the difference between what God's doing and the things that Satan's trying to stir up and and the counterfeit side of what he's doing. So if you turn your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 2. We're just going to take a little side trip here. Second Peter chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. This is P- Peter speaking to the people, God's people. In the New Testament, he says beginning in verse 1, but there were also false prophets among the people. So if there's true prophets, there's going to be false prophets. Even as there will be false teachers, true teachers, false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. I just don't want to be one of the ones that follow the destructive ways. And I don't want you to be follow the destructive ways. I want to stay right on course, right on target. Kenneth Hagin always used to say, it's better to play clean up or better to play catch up than clean up. In other words, don't get out ahead of God. It's better to hold back just a little bit. Yes, if God says go, go, but it's better to wait on God then get out way ahead of him. And I think that's when things aren't happening, when you're in that ebb period, people get nervous and they try to make things happen and they get out ahead of God. We need to stay right on track with God. Anyway, it's talking about the false prophets, false teachers. If there's a lot going on spiritually, if God's doing a lot, Satan's going to kind of, he's going to try to counteract that with false things. So we need to be able to discern the difference. That's one reason we need to know God. Kenneth Hagin did a little book on judging prophecy. And there's six points in this book on how to judge prophecy, whether it be from God, whether it be from a false prophet, or sometimes it's just from the flesh. But as I read through this, really, it's not just six steps to judging prophecy it's really you can apply it to anything spiritual you know if you know these six things how to judge things it will help you along the way and you know we talk about scriptures a lot of times it's misquoted well you shall not judge you know you should not judge people but you can absolutely need to be able to judge fruit and the things that are going on around you So number one, how to tell the difference between true prophecy and false prophecy. Number one, by, it says, there's a scripture, it says, by their fruits you shall know them. 
In other words, you need to know those that are speaking among you. Mike Keyes, we have known for 30 years. He has a viable, productive, fruitful ministry. He associates with other prophetic ministers, other five-fold minister gifts. He's not a lone wolf. One thing to look out for are lone wolves. There is a difference between prophecy, New Testament prophecy, and I don't have time to go into all this. There's a difference between prophecy, just pure prophecy, than there is prophetic utterances that foretell future things. Prophecy in and of itself encourages, exhorts, and comforts. There was a minister years ago, some of you remember him, an old gentleman, his name was Dick Mills. He just had the gift of prophecy. He would come and he'd just encourage people and exhort people and comfort people, and and that is just the pure gift of prophecy. But for a prophetic utterance like this one Keys gave... You have to have several of the, the gifts of the Spirit working through and for you. The gift of um, wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of discerning of spirits. You need to be in a five-fold ministry gift where other people, like I said, you are accountable to other people. And God does that just like the United States is supposed to have a check and balance system in our government. And in the government, maybe it doesn't always work, but ultimately I think it will. But we need to have a check and balance system to protect ourselves, to protect the prophet, and to protect the people. So one of the things is you should know them by their fruit. You should know them. And in Matthew chapter 7.15, and this is such an easy way, this is a good way, Jesus said, you can look it up later, but Jesus said, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. The key here is they come to you. Now, Mike Keyes comes to us because we have invited him here, because we know him. We know those, there's scripture, know those that labor among you. He, we've invited him. He comes here, and you come to hear him. Several years ago, um, when Stephen Candace lived in town, Steve, some of you may remember this, Steve was out for a walk, and some woman just pops up out of nowhere, comes down the street and starts telling him she's a prophetess and blah, 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 blah. That is a false prophet coming to you. He did not invite her into his life. He was just taking a walk. And Steve was very spiritual at the time. He says, just get out of here. I don't want to even hear it. And we think, oh, that's, that's not nice. Nice isn't a Bible word. I dare you, look in here. Nice is not a Bible word. Wisdom is. Don't put up with garbage like that. We've had people come into the church. We don't even know them, and they start going and giving people little prophetic utterances. Number one, that's out of order. How do you know that's, we just, we make spiritual things so difficult. Let's look at it real easy. If you were walking through town and you decided to go to somebody's house and you didn't even know them, 
would you just walk in, sit down on the couch, and turn on their TV? No, that's rude. So why would you just walk into a church and think you can do those things? We wouldn't do that naturally, but we think spiritually. We need to know those little labor, and maybe it seems nice. But nice, uncorrected, just gets progressively more off. Okay? And like I said, sometimes things like that are satanic. Sometimes it's just flesh. Somebody gets zealous, and they don't have a lot of knowledge or understanding. And in that case, you know, you deal with that in love. But in the case like Steve, there was absolutely nothing wrong with him saying, just, you know, get out of here, don't want to hear it. That's fine, because false prophets come to you in sheep's clothing. Okay? So judge them by their fruits. If they're out of order, that's not good fruit. Okay? Um, Number two, does the prophecy glorify Christ? If prophecy is right, it will always testify of Jesus, of God. It will never attract attention to self. You know, I've been in services years years ago, and they somebody want to stand up, and they get real loud, and they'll go, "Thus saith the Lord." Well, you know, there's a t- there's that can happen, but if it's just pretty much just drawing attention to that person and it just messes up the whole flow of the service, the red flag should go on, go up. Um, It's like that in anything. Anything that really tries to draw attention to yourself, pretty much it's either the flesh or it's, it's not of God. Number three, does it agree with Scripture? The Word and the Spirit always agree. And so if it doesn't agree with Scripture, it's not God. Kenneth Hagin gave an example. He was in a service one time, and a woman came up, and she says, Oh, you know, I've got to deliver this message to the people. I've been having dreams at night, and snakes come to me, and they deliver a message. And he says, Immediately, I knew because I knew the word, God never appears as a snake. You know, that that's simple, A, B, C, right there. God does not appear as a snake. He can appear, he can send angels. The primary way God speaks to his people is just that inward witness. He talks to you right here. He doesn't appear in a snake, okay? So that's why it's important to understand the word of God. You know, that was just an easy, simple, nah, that's not right, Okay. The next thing, are the prophecies fulfilled? Turn over to Deuteronomy, or you don't have to turn there. I'll just turn there. Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy 18, 20 through 22. It says, but the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. In the Old Testament, they took false prophecy pretty serious. Okay? And I will... And if you say in your heart, how shall we know that the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that 
is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet prophet has spoken it presumptuously. And you shall not be afraid of him. Sometimes, like I said, your flesh, you get excited, zealous. There are things that you get from God. You can hear from God. If you are born again, you can hear from God. God speaks to you. The reason in the Old Testament it was very serious because the people didn't have the spirit of God living in them. So a prophet could come and just say, thus saith the Lord. And that person didn't really have a way to know yes or no. But we have the spirit of the living God on the inside of us. So we should be able to know and judge those things. But if, it, if they keep giving prophecies that, don't, that aren't fulfilled, then you'd better kind of pay attention. Why would that be? And like a human flesh inspired, they speak presumptuously. You can get things from God if you're young in the things of God, even if you're old in the things of God, and you get, start to get things hear from God. You don't have to blurt them out immediately. You can kind of walk it out and see, am I really hearing from God? In September, I was praying for the election, and I just kept getting this thing in here that Trump was going to win. And everything I listened to, there was no way Trump was going to win. But the, it just, and so I didn't say anything. I just kept praying. I just told, I said to Mike, says, I just don't think I have a lot of unction. I says, just keep praying, just keep praying, just keep praying. Just keep your mouth shut and just keep praying. And, and so I just would kind of sense that, but you don't know. So I like to listen to the news. I just determined I'm turning it off. I'm not going to listen to it. So I hardly listened to it from September through uh, November 8th, and the guys didn't even notice. They're not too attentive. But finally, the day of the election, Caleb says, how come you don't have the TV on? Don't you know? I said, determined I am not going to listen to this garbage until after the polls are closed. I'm not going to listen. Because you can hear all this clutter outside, and it messes up what you're hearing here. Sometimes you just need to shut up and listen. Okay? So... Prophecies should be fulfilled. Number five, not all prophecies are of God, even though they do come to pass. You know, you, you know, you can say some things just because you've been watching the weather forecast or whatever. You know, and I, you know, I've heard some. We we had a prophecy years ago. Some guy says you will go to Tulsa and you'll come back again. You'll. What did that have to do? Absolutely, we're probably going to go to Tulsa now and then. We lived there for five years. I would like to go back to ORU and walk around the campus. Yes, that will be fulfilled, but it probably wasn't a God thing. So does it lead to God or away from God? Fortune tellers are not from God. Psychics and mediums are not from God. No one other than the Spirit of God should lead you. You can take advice from a trusted source. But in the New Testament, the Spirit of God lives in you, the believer. Be led by the Spirit of God, not by another person. When we got that prophecy, like a week before the election from Keys, and it said surprises, 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 immediately I thought, yes, because I already had that unction on the inside of me. God doesn't come and tell you something, you know, Nate, you're going to go on and be a, 
a great chef in New York, okay, but you don't have that in your heart, then probably that's not the spirit of God. But if you've got something working, you know, God wants me to do this, and then somebody says something, and and then it clicks, it, it agrees with what you've already gotten from God, then that's a good indication from God. But don't be led by just random people out there, okay? Be led by the Spirit of God. Number six, do the prophecies produce liberty or bondage? A lot of times if they're real legalistic, you know, we've had, I've heard prophecies through the years, you have to do this. That brings bondage. It doesn't bring liberty. It doesn't bring peace. When you hear something, it should bring peace in your heart. You know, Kenneth, Kenneth Hagin had so much wisdom. He always said there's three things you can tell. If, if you hear something and it just makes you feel kind of sick to your stomach, that's usually the flesh. It's a good indication that person is just operating in the flesh. If you have that funny feeling like on the back of your neck, your hair is going to stand up, that's probably a good indication it's demonic. But if you just have that peace, that green light, velvety feeling on the inside, that's a good indication that it's God. But the more you're in the Word of God and the more time you spend with God, the more those kinds of things are on target. Number seven, the anointing abideth in you. In your spirit, if you are born again, if you are spending time with God, if you are living right, you should know right from wrong. And just like Steve Alder, don't put up with what's wrong. If you keep giving in to what's wrong, what you're not in agreement with, you're going to get off down down the, the road also. Don't put up with what's wrong. In a service, the ministry gifts in charge should not put up with the things out of order. If you are born again, you can be led by the Spirit of God. Your conscience, that inward man, by the Spirit of God, knows what's right or wrong. At the beginning of the year, we like to get this from Mark Barclay. He says, it's an I predict. Now, there's a difference of what he's predicting and what Keyes said. Keyes What he gave before the election was a prophetic utterance. It was foretelling the future. Mark Barkett Clay, I believe, when he does this, he spends time with God, he spends time around the nation, he's paying attention to what's going on, and he's just telling you things that he perceives. He says, I predict. He doesn't say, thus saith the Lord. I predict. And it's all right to listen to some of these things. It's all right if if you know those that labor among you. He's here again. He's a minister that's had a lot of good fruit, that's accountable to people. So it's all right to listen to these things very quickly, just so we kind of know what's going on. I, that's what I like to know, what's going on. Let me go through a few of these. And you've probably read them, but let's just look at them from the perspective of what's going on today. Number one, he says, I predict predict that the church will be empowered to climax the ages. Scriptural. Revelation talks about the greatest move 
of the Spirit of God is going to come forth. There's going to be big, big things happen, exciting things happen. Number two, he says, I predict that the church will be emboldened. In the last eight years, everything that anybody said that was godly was considered to be intolerant. And you were, people were, I have a cousin that lives in California in the San Francisco area, and she says, and she's born again. She says, you just cannot say anything around here. Everybody goes around and judges everything you say, so we just pretty much keep quiet and keep to ourselves. But those walls are starting to come down, and that will enable the church to be emboldened. There will be a strong pushback to the antichrist attacks that have been launched against Christians. Number three, there will be a great increase of signs, wonders, and miracles as God's people reach out to the sea of hurting, suffering, sighing, and dying humanity. The gifts of the Spirit will be in operation more and more often. The gifts of the Spirit are to enable the body of Christ to help people. To help people, not to bring attention to yourself, not to be a big shot, to help people. So those things are going to be more and more. Number four, expect the evangelist to come to the surface. We always try to have different fivefold ministry gifts. We have Mike Keyes is, is an apostle. Stephen Retold is a prophet. Greg Fritz is a teacher. Pastor Mike is a pastor. We try to have those things... But it's just, you can't find an evangelist to get in here. They're just, they aren't operating right now. Well, here you're starting to see, last year, Franklin Graham started to step things up, and he went to every state and prayed. It was a first little thing. I believe that the spirit of the evangelist will start to come. I agree with this. I think he's saying right on on target. And Greg Fritz, the one that's coming in two weeks, he's a teacher, but he has a strong evangelistic gift. And it hasn't really been operating the last few times we've had it. He just comes and teaches. But it'll be interesting to see because there's a strong evangelistic gift there. If those things are going to start to come. Says number five, many young ministers have a death grip on the body of Christ and have usurped authority and bypassed a generation of elders. They must relinquish this and turn quickly or the judge will be at the door. Back in the 60s and 70s when the charismatic revival was really going full steam and new churches like this were starting to happen, there were no real elders in the church. Everybody were just newbies. And God gave grace to newbies because the elders hadn't. Now, through the last 20, 30 years, some of this eldership has started to grow and mature. And I think, this is what I think, this isn't thus, this is what I think. There has to be a strong eldership from old, the old experienced ones, because so much is going to happen so fast. And that's what's going to keep, yes, the young generation, man, they're going to be the ones out doing, but you better pay attention when the elders pull the bridle tight. Do you understand? Because so much is going to happen so fast, I believe. So much is going to be so different, and we need to be on our toes. God's putting all those things in order. When the the prosperity movement got kind of out of whack, 
I believe in prosperity. God wants his people to prosper. But if that's all you think about and all you talk about, it's out in left field. A lot of churches sprang up, and I believe they were just, they were, a lot of the young pastors, they were just had degrees in marketing, and they marketed well, and they grew really fast. If you remember Mike Plain that comes, he worked in a church in St. Joe for several years, that was supposed to be the fastest growing church in America. It was just, and he laughed all of a sudden because he said, they're just something ain't right here. Okay. That church doesn't even exist today. Not even there. It was built on marketing. Okay. We need to make sure it says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. Okay, maybe we're not the biggest church, but let's do things God's way. Okay? I'll get through this quickly. I won't take much longer. As God instructs pastors to open the altars more and more, we will see the Holy Spirit manifest, and many people will be supernaturally healed, helped, and delivered. Prayer is vital. Prayer is vital. It was what turned the tides last year, started to turn the tides. The evangelists, the the Franklin Grahams out there praying. We we turned our Wednesday nights, and we just don't have a release. Just keep from a service to a prayer. We just need to pray. Prayer is vital. And this church, you know, every church has things that they're called to do. This church has always been called to pray. From the very beginning, if you've been here, that's always been an emphasis on this church is prayer. So if you think we aren't doing anything, if we're praying, we're doing what God's called us to do. Number seven, we will hear and witness the initiation of a new and eventually massive revival of repentance. There needs to be some repentance and it will happen. Number eight, there will be an absolute demonstration of God's power. Number nine, America 2017 is the year of adjustment. Like after a realignment from a chiropractor, many things will start to change this year. This is a wake-up call to those who oppose America and Christ. That's some people just aren't getting it. But it's going to straighten out. It'll level out. Don't Don't get nervous. The world will see that America means business once again. How many airstrikes have we had in Yemen? They said more this year already than, you know, and we're hitting those targets. I I like history. I've been, I read a lot of history. I cannot believe, it's so hard to believe that the people in Germany didn't recognize that Hitler was off. How could they not see that? But it just happens, something happens subtly. And because they were afraid to take a stand. And we can't be afraid to say that they are radical Islamic terrorists. You have to name what you're going after. And that doesn't mean, you know, God hates them. But if, if there is, if you read about Nazis and the barbaric practices of J- Japan during World War II, It's no different than what they're doing right now. It's just a demonic explosion of trying to massacre people. And it needs to be stopped, just like they stopped it back then, or at least put put it down. The world will see that America means business once again. The American church will take a big 
breath of fresh air and then get back to work like never before. I can see a call to repentance greater than what we've seen in many years, a call to sinners to repent and accept Jesus, a call to Christians to repent and turn from their wicked ways and sinful lifestyle. We will will witness a great divine separation. There will be those that get on board and those that won't get on board. I just encourage you to get on board. Number 13, many lukewarm churches will come alive this year. Number 14, radical Islamic terrorism will not disappear, but it will suffer a terrible blow. Evil will be among us until the end, but the righteous will begin to dominate. The church must rise up and be bold. A nervous world will at first not know what to respond to, but will get back to its proper place in 2017 and 2018. This will be a year of realignment. So we're starting to see things that happen, but my gosh, take this year and make sure you get yourself right. Make sure you're hearing from God. Make sure you're spending time with God. If there's something, you know, all of us have areas every day in our life we need readjustments. Just make the readjustment and go on with with God. This will be a year of realignment. Almost every area of life will be affected and everyone will take notice. Number 17, the Antichrist spirit and those people who are influenced by him will be in disarray this year. That's coming to pass, okay? Though they may whine and cry and throw tantrums, they will make little to no effect on important things. It's just, it's, it's weird. These, they come out with something, and it's just like cold water's thrown over it. And then they start here, and cold water's thrown. It's going to take some time, okay? So, number 18, we must pray. And we will continue to do that. We must pray for law enforcement, law and order, our government, our leaders. We must pray. Number 19, political correctness was fatally wounded by Mr. Trump. Let's let it die now. It is a man-made replacement for the New Testament. The church must once again take charge of what's moral and right and what isn't, not the courts. Amen. America has drifted into a time of judges. It must now be moved back by spiritual force. And that's what we're starting to see. That's what's starting to you know, trickle-down economics, we're seeing trickle-down spirituality. It's starting to trickle. It's starting to come forth. Prayer. Money talks. We must get the tithe into the hands of the righteous. We can't win a war with an empty gun. I predict that believers will begin to see this and become more generous. If God wants something done, he's going to find somebody that he can use to get it done. So now is the time to be generous, just what Brad's been saying, because God's going to start pouring out his blessing. He's going to get some things done. Number 22, China, North Korea, Mexico, Iran will soon learn that you cannot bully America and get away with it. They will be spitting mad, but will end up getting spanked. Number 23, the evil forces behind radical jihadist and Islamic terrorism, which is now in our land, will be frantic, and in their attempt to do us grave damage, they will also be put down. And 24, the new battleground will begin in the cities. Many will declare their independence from higher government and will fight to be autonomous, however you say that. They will rebel and fight hard to do what they want, whether it is good for America or not, and whether it is legal or not. 
just be glad you live in rural Nebraska. <laughs> so you understand, do you understand what I'm saying? Just we need to be on top of things. We have a big yellow lab dog. We've always had dogs. I like dogs. We have Gage is his name. And I, the vet thinks he's not 100% lab. The vet thinks he has a little mastiff in him. And because mastiffs drool all the time, they say they're wonderful dogs, but if you can stand the drool, you'll like the dog. So I, I can stand the drool, I like the dog. But of all the dogs we've had, he is the most sensitive of heart. You know, he's the biggest and scare the bejeebers out of people if he barks at you, but he is the most gentle, sweet, sensitive dog, gets his feelings hurt and mopes around. But he's the biggest companion dog. He just wants to be with you all the time. Well, Mike and the boys are gone. And he's used to being just with me a lot during the day. But about supper time, when it starts to get rowdy and rambunctious at the house, he's going through. He Yesterday, he was going through the house about 5 o'clock crying. And I know he's just looking for them. Every pickup that drives down the street. He runs to the door. He thinks it's them. He knows the sound of their pickups. But he is so attentive. You know, if I'm sitting doing something quietly, he has to lay right there by me. And you think he's sound asleep, and I'll look over at him, and he's peeking at me with one eye. He knows every... He, he puts himself in a position in the house where he can see what's going on. He has a big pillow. At night when the guys are watching TV, he drags the big pillow in in front of the TV and sits and lays there with them. He knows what is going on all the time because he's attentive. And it's, you know, I was thinking he was the other day, the first day they were gone, he was sitting, he heard a truck go by and he ran to the door and he was sitting looking at him. And I think the hardest thing for me, if I were a dog, was not knowing. You know, when we leave, when I leave in the morning to go do something, I'll say, I'll be back soon. You know, it won't take long. And he's, I've told him that enough. He seems to know, and then he's okay. But boy, if you pack the suitcases, he mopes, he's depressed. If the orange vests and the shotguns go out, he goes ballistic he is going hunting and he is just he goes wild he's jumping and and the funny thing is Micah about 10 o'clock at night has a snack and Gage drools all the time especially when the food comes out and it drives Mike nuts so if Mike's in the living room and Mike is over here and Mike sees Gage drooling. He gets up, wipes his face off, puts him outside or puts him in a room so he doesn't drool. So now Gage will sit around the corner so Mike can't see him, but so he can see Micah. And it's all it's funny because he drools when he's around food or when he takes drinks. So when he goes and gets a big slobbery drink, I mean, you can find drool splattered on the walls and it's but I can deal with it, Mike can. So the minute he goes to get a drink, Mike has a towel, and he runs over, and he wipes him all off. And, and now I watch him. Mike, he'll go get a drink, and Mike runs over, and then Mike walks off to the other room, and the dog watches him. 
till he gets around the corner and he runs and gets a drink. Because <laughs> he's so aware of everything that's going on because he's attentive. He watches. There's a scripture that says to watch and pray. Watch and pray. You know, it says we should know God and the power of his might. We have to watch. You have to be attentive. You have to look what's going on. So I just want to encourage you. Make the effort. Take the time to spend with God. Pray. Watch and pray. Know what's going on around you. I have always been the one. I wanted to be in the middle of the action. If there was real action, I want to be. Wanted to be when I went to Oral Roberts University. Anytime Oral Roberts had a big service, or I wanted to be there because things happened when Oral Roberts and Jesus showed up together. I wanted to be there. I did not want to miss it. And you know, he would have. I, I went to everything. Jesse Owens, the great Olympic runner was there. I made sure I was there when Je- Corey Ten Boom from the hiding place. Man, I didn't miss when she was there. I wanted to be in the middle of what was happening. And I want to be in the middle of what's happening, but I don't want to be ahead of God. I want to be right with God. And I want you to be there too. It's just it's fun to be where the action is and that we're called for such a time as this. Man, we are called for such a time as this. And it's going to be fun, and it's going to be exciting. Don't miss out. Don't get off in left field. Stay right on course. Get to know God.